When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, and welcome to this week's Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is our weekly podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Scout Scout Network. In each episode, we'll look back at the game week we've just played and assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. We'll also catch up with a member of the Scout Network to find out what they've been up to, as well as gaining an insight into their FPL planning and content. I'm Sam from the FPL family. Let's Scout the Game Week. This week, I am joined by David from FPL in the Dugout, who is part of the Fantasy Football Scout Scout Academy. David, thank you for joining me. How are you doing? No worries at all, Sam. I'm good, thanks. How are you getting on? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm currently watching Burnley versus Leicester because, of course, double game week 26 is indeed the game week that keeps on giving. Um, it <laughs> is still in full swing. So uh, I'm sort of enjoying it and sort of thinking, goodness me, what's happened to the clean sheets that I was expecting from tonight's game? Where have they gone? Where have they gone? <laughs> it's unreal. Absolutely unreal. Oh, dear. What about you? How's your season going? Yeah, it's going all right. I had a very, very slow start. Um, I was one of the people that didn't go with Son at the beginning, so missed out on that nice four goals right at the start. Um, yeah. So it has been a very, very slow start, but slowly getting myself back in and, in and amongst the mix again. Um, just into the top million now. So I'm, I'm where I'm... I'm going in the right direction, just uh, a little bit further forward. So onwards and upwards. Now, the next question I had on my sheet was how you're managing planning for this later part of the season. And actually, before we came on and, and following you on Instagram, I know that you played your wild card going into this I game. I did, week. indeed, yes. How's that gone? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's gone very badly. So for me, it was a slow start, as I say, trying to get up back to where I should be, just broken to the top million. And for me, I was like, I just wanted to get onto those purple patch players early before the masses gathered on them. So I took the double game week as a perfect opportunity to do so. Um, so the likes of Vardy, so far blank, Barnes blank I've even put a, a, a cheeky throw on the dice for uh, Thomas who's on minus one so another dreadful pick but um, yes so the wild card hasn't gone to plan so far uh, but it's planned for the future so it's got the covered for the double game the blank game week in 29 and um, yes onwards is definitely the way it's going to be all right <laughs> oh it definitely will and I think that's the thing isn't it now we're through this this big double game week of course we're mm. going to have others 27 being being a good example of that but equally we're also going to have the blank game week in 29 to consider and for most FPL managers I think that's where attention's starting to turn to at the moment do you have any yeah. chips left for the rest of the season or is that you all chipped out no so I've got my bench boost still I was planning to use that for this double game week coming with Manchester City and Southampton um, mm. but not looking likely now with injuries and uh, people being dropped from my uh, wildcard pick so I've got the bench boost to come so I can still use that in, a, in another double later down the line Interestingly, I was also thinking about bench boosting this week, but Alex McCarthy's unceremonious benching um, mm-hmm. for, for the Southampton game this week in in, um, in exchange for Forster coming on has kind of thrown a spanner in the works because I was thinking, you know, at this stage of the season, pre-wildcard, I still have two playing keepers. Well, I normally have two playing keepers anyway, but with Alex McCarthy now, a bit of a doubt in terms of, you know, is he going to come straight back into the Southampton team or, or not? Um kind of leaves it a bit out there really and and uh yeah I think holding a bench boost now it's one of those chips actually that for me anyway I don't think you need a double game week necessarily to play no, no. Single. yeah I think it's not the it's not the most beneficial chip I think there's definitely chips that will give you more points throughout the season so I'll keep that held as I've, I had exactly the same with McCarthy I had holding as well on my bench ready for Burnley but um he yeah. got dropped again against Leicester um, so there's a couple of injuries alongside those bench, which makes bench boost out of the way for me this week coming. Brilliant. Um, before we get into scouting the game, we're going to hear a little bit about you, but we are recording, as I alluded to, um, during some of the matches this evening. So we still have a few matches to come. Obviously, Manchester United and Crystal Palace play later on, on Wednesday evening. Uh, but currently we have, or we have just been um, witnessing two very interesting results that I wasn't necessarily expecting. So the Burnley game against Leicester that I have been watching has just finished one all. Actually, what was surprising to me is that Burnley, and this might lead us to talk about a bit more later, 
later, but Burnley's played a lot more like they did against Spurs. They were very much mm. the, the more attacking of these two sides. Um, and then, of course, in the other fixture of the evening, Sheffield United and Aston Villa, Sheffield United winning that by one goal to nil with a red card for Phil Jagielka, which won't necessarily have affected many people in terms of um, FPL points because he doesn't doesn't have that many FPL owners. But equally, it does make a difference in terms of, you know, what you would have expected from those Villa assets, which we can get to in a little while. So tell me a little bit more about you then um, and FPL in the dugout. Where did the idea come from? So it came from just me talking with my friends, really. As I say, I'm a massive football fan. And one thing I've, I've loved to do for years and years is playing FPL. And the, the reason behind that is because you have to be a football fan to love playing FPL and be good and enjoy it because you can't just fill your team with 11 Man City players or 11 Liverpool players. You've really got to get to know the likes of Burnley, the likes of Leeds, the, the newly promoted team. So it's definitely something I've, I've loved for years and years. Uh, and all of a sudden, I was just like, Do you know what? I've, I'm a big fan of, of being a pundit, talking football, and it's always a passion of mine that I've always wanted to do. So I just thought, Do you know what? Could I, could I be the next Gary Lineker? Could I be the next George Preach? <laughs> could, I, could I talk football? And, and does, does my voice have, have credibility? So it all just started off as a Word document that I sent to a couple of friends every game week. Um, and that went really well. It was just a little experiment. And then from there, that sort of escalated into a WordPress uh, blog which was weekly uh, and over the last couple of years is, is when the the instagrams come around and the videos and the the game week reviews the a and e's all the other little things that i, I do with fpo in the dugout it's coming to light so yeah it's been going six years now it's it's gone very very quickly but um yes i'm, I'm very very much enjoying it it's one of those things isn't it i think the instagram community that's where you mostly find me so lee mostly does our twitter i mostly do um, the instagram and i love it over there because that community is it's relatively new but as a result of that it's also in some ways it's it's such a friendly place to be everybody is kind of there to support each other and I think if you are new to content creating or if you are new to FPL and you're just looking for a way to engage with the community a little bit more the Instagram community is a really nice way to go about that obviously they can follow you um, at FPL in the dugout I particularly like what you do over there um, with your IGTV content Um, it's really nice well, I think it's just really nice to have a a face behind, you know, it's it's a proper person speaking about FPL decisions and um, doing yeah. Q&As, answering questions um, from the community. And it, it's really engaging. It's a really nice way to be part of it without. Um, and it, in some ways, it, it's great because a lot of people don't have time to sit and watch massively long live streams, but they will have time to scroll through their Instagram stories and, and get some mm-hmm. tips that way. So it, it's really good. Um, have you got any plans? for developing it further in terms of you know your social media i know that we we spoke at the beginning of the season when we did a little video together we about, did indeed um, about who might make the dream team for the course of the season so far any plans for twitter any plans for developing that medium or youtube podcasting that sort of thing yeah so i am on twitter now i'm not as active on there as i am instagram uh, but i'm on the twitter I'm, it would be interesting if i can get into a podcast um, i'm definitely interested in, in doing a little bit more but i'm just really enjoying the instagram as i say it's the it's the short video snippets where you can interact with people the the questions that fire in so um yeah who knows it might go into a podcast but but right now having the twitter and the, the instagram community i think it's, it's brilliant Brilliant. And what about your biggest turning point for this season so far then? Because for a lot of FPL managers watching this, they'll be kind of thinking, you know, what what can I take from this weird and wonderful season? Because Oh, what a weird and wonderful season. It's been madness. Yeah, it has. And, and I think, you know, the reality is hopefully we won't see many seasons like this moving forward in terms of, you know, game postponements and, and the late start to the league and copious amounts of double game weeks particularly early on teams missing the first few weeks of the season we hopefully won't see that again and hopefully the 2021-22 season will will start smoother and run smoother but has there been anything from an FPL point of view that you think you know that's going to be something that I'm going to take from this um you know strong bench late transfers that sort of thing certainly I think a strong bench is is crucial at the moment I think especially with pet roulette where you don't know who's going to play you could have six million pounds invested in a in a Man City asset and they're not going to play one week and you can't have someone on your bench not playing you need someone capable of of stepping in and and taking some points for the team so strong bench is definitely crucial especially with covid and and the amount of cancellations as you say so definitely having more than one option on the bench that's just a a two-pointer um is is definitely something i'm going to bring forward for next year 
Well, I think that is a perfect segue into talking about this game week that we've just had, because obviously the Pep Roulette was in full swing in game week 26. So let's get into scouting the game week. So as I've already mentioned, we are recording this on Wednesday evening. We've now seen 13 fixtures played in this game week. Uh, with a culmination of, of Burnley and Leicester and Sheffield United and Aston Villa. Um, we are about to go into the 14th game of this game week when Crystal Palace play games. Manchester United. And of course, we still have three to come tomorrow. Um, Fulham versus Spurs, West Brom and Everton. And of course, the big one, uh, Chelsea and Liverpool uh, going head to head. So a big game for us tomorrow because obviously I am, as we all well know, um, in my Spurs little bubble. And of course, you, David... <laughs> Um, support somebody from the other side of London so we can talk do, about them it, in a little bit I do indeed there's no hate there's no hate <laughs> there definitely isn't David's a Chelsea fan um, so talk <laughs> a little bit more about Chelsea and, and their assets moving forward too so it's going to be a couple of busy days from an FPL point of view until we reach Saturday's deadline one of the things that's been getting me is the amount of price rises we've still been having midway through the biggest double game week ever there's still been plenty of transfer activity and, and that's difficult sometimes um you know, because for me anyway, this season, one of the key things that I've learned is that I want to wait and make my deadline changes as close to that deadline as I possibly can, just to make sure that we don't get any unexpected injuries or, or problems, particularly, you know, it might not be that you're going to change somebody that's that's got a game to play. They might have already played everything. But if one of your other players then goes and gets injured, it's a problem. Um, mm-hmm. So let's start then by talking about 26 so far. And I, and I think... Given what you just said, it makes sense to start um, with Manchester City. So Manchester City, um, wow, I, I wasn't, I was expecting, I was expecting the Pet Roulette yes. to be in force. Um, I wasn't necessarily expecting as many changes as we got across the two games. It was, it was quite dramatic what he did this time around. Huge change around, huge change around the starting lineups. It's, um, it's crazy, and to have such a squad where he can do that and keep winning games and keep performing fantastic football is, is brilliant, but it gives us FBL managers an absolute headache week in, week out. And when you're trying to decide on who's your captain going to be, if you want to put it on Sterling, say that's a lot of money on a, a captain that isn't going to play one week, it's, uh, it's an absolute headache and a half. And I think, you know, we can talk about a bit later on about game week 27, of course, because Manchester City will play twice a game. Mm-hmm. And because it's a much smaller double game week, a lot of FPL managers will be looking to captain a Manchester City asset in that week to benefit from the fact that they play twice. But the reality is we've seen in game week 26 that there were very few Manchester City players that actually played in both game weeks and got a full set of 90 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. We saw Gundogan making an appearance late on and he did pick up an assist late on. Um, in the second game of, of, of their game week. Um, but even then, it's not it's not ideal, is it? I, and I think for me, as a DS owner, um, I got I got lucky, is the reality. I missed yeah, the pet. Yeah. He played twice, uh, but didn't keep any clean sheets. So benefited from the goal, of course, that he scored against West Ham, but no clean sheets. And I... For me, I'm starting to wonder whether the constant change around in the defence is just starting to cost Manchester City that consistency at the back. You know, in games this weekend, we've seen John Stones miss out. We've seen Cancelo miss out. If you continually tweak and change and rotate at the back, you don't get that consistency of play. And early on in the season, when Manchester City were regularly keeping their clean sheets, it was a set and forget back line. Before report came back, it was just regularly, you know, Cancelo, Stones, Diaz, you know, they were always there. And that Mm -hmm. constant playing together, like we saw from Liverpool last season as well, does mean that you end up with a really strong defence. And the last couple of game weeks, we've just started to see Manchester City just not always keep that clean sheet. Mm -hmm. Does it affect your decision about owning Manchester City defenders moving forward? It's definitely something to consider. I've just played my wild card, so I had a lot of thinking last week with regards to what Manchester City players to own. Um, in terms of their defence, they're so, so strong, even when they do change, there is they do concede very little opportunity. So I would always consider what defenders to change. For me, having a partnership of Stones and Diaz, they're both in that same rotation bubble with Laporte. So one of yeah. them will always play. So whether or not you sort of go the other way and go maybe... Zinchenko or Cancelo will be in the same rotation bubble and, and risk it that way. So I think it's worth the risk in terms of which Man City players you want at the back. I think Diaz is, is a 
is the prime example of which one you're going to get. He's looking like getting most minutes. He's definitely mm. transformed Man City at the back this year. I've been hugely impressed with Ruben Diaz at the back. Um, so he was the, the number one City asset to get. So if you're going to have one, I'd say Diaz is the one to go for. But if you're looking to sort of just try and make the most of that back line, I'd probably go with, as you say, Cancelo or Stones and make sure you have someone on the bench just in case they do get pet rouletted and uh, you've got someone uh, to take their place. I think that's the thing with this season, isn't it? Um, and it's one of the key points that most FPL managers have learned that having a strong bench has been so important. Um, and that's not going to change, I think, as we get towards the end of the season. If anything, the way that the season is panning out with such a, a gap at the top um, for Man City now, with, I mean, the bottom sides are doing their best. I mean, Sheffield United picking up some surprising points in the second um, match of the game against Aston Villa. Um, they're doing their best to try and get out of it. The same with, with West yeah. Brom, but maybe it's a bit too little too late. So we'll see as we get through the next few game weeks as to, you know, do we get teams going on the bench earlier than we would necessarily have before? It seems to me that actually the, the teams to target right now are probably the ones sitting from about 10th up to about third because yeah. those sides are the ones that are going to be having to play to to the bitter end um mm-hmm. to make european football yeah that completely agree. With, yeah and with with um with manchester city i feel like the rotation is is huge and the potential for rotation is huge which is why i've sat with two of them for this long mm-hmm. and not not made the leap up to three yeah I own Diaz, I own Gundogan, both of them returning this week. So I'm happy with that. I was a bit disappointed to see Gundogan not start in this second game. But then equally, I think that bodes well for him going into game week 27. The fact that he's already missed some time in 26 probably means that he's going to be in the starting lineup. I would hope for both of those games of double game week 27. So maybe for me as a captaincy option, we'll talk later about that in a bit more detail, but maybe he's one that comes into that conversation. Whereas players like Sterling, um, are they captainable? Like they, we've seen Sterling not have the best performance. I was interested mm-hmm. to see him tweet out at the end of the yes. game and apologise to FPL managers for not getting anything. He was very, very unlucky not to respond. He really was. He really was. I love that Raheem does that for his Twitter followers. That he's just <laughs> always, always thinking about the FPL captainers out there. And I, and I, I really respected that from him. It made me laugh. And he, I think. I watched that game and thought, wow, how how have you not got anything? I, I still I'm still baffled as to how Sterling didn't um didn't get anything in that game. But I do mm. somewhat worry that going into next week, the first game of the game week against Manchester United, well, that's a tough game. I would expect Pep to play full strength. If he yep. can beat that, it it pretty much not on paper, but I would say, given that Manchester United are their closest rivals, it pretty much would secure the title for him um, in their heads, at least, going into the end yeah. of the season. I think it will be a real boost of morale. So I can see Pep putting out a full-strength side for that Manchester United game. But then following on from that, the second game, of course, against Southampton, um, they don't really need a full-strength side to beat Southampton in the same way that they didn't necessarily against against Wolves this week. So there's definitely scope there. So. I don't know. I feel like from 26, we learned a lot about or learned a lot about how willing Pep is to kind of go, all right, you all have a rest. And, and with yeah. the Champions League the week after, I can see it happening again. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I can see the, the same sort of changes left, right and centre for, for Manchester City with, say, close rivals with Manchester United. You've got the Southampton game and you've got the Champions League game. And it's not even knowing what his best 11 is. I mean, I wouldn't be able to say what Manchester City's best 11 is. It's, it's no. The amount of talent they have on their bench is, is absolutely outrageous. I'd, I'd be taking those people at Chelsea. I'm sure you'd be taking some of them at Tottenham. Um, so, yeah, it is a, it is a headache. Um, and it's just knowing, knowing who to play and, and when to play them. Because, as you say, the double game weeks are the headache because they could go all out for, for Manchester United. And then the worst bit is, is if there's any red cards, if there's any injuries, that then just completely wipes out your, your captaincy option for the second game week. So it is a really tricky one. It's the wrong way around, really, that set of fixtures, isn't it? It was it was 100%. the same way. It was the same way I felt about Bruno going into game week 26. Um, it was that, you know, the, the you always want the nice fixtures to come first, the fixture where you feel like there's more scope for for points, just in case, you know, injuries happen, uh, red cards happen, or just 
life happens and the manager decides you need a night off because you're tired yeah um, and us FPL managers want to sit comfortably you don't want to be like oh two points there's only two points one game to go I need you to score now just yeah keeps us keeps our hair on yeah absolutely and I think you know I was put off the Bruno fixture because of the way that Chelsea can perform and what we've seen over the last well, since Manchester United lost to Spurs, um, sorry, Man United fans for bringing that up again, but since <laughs> Manchester United lost to Spurs, they have worked out very well how to defend against the big clubs and how to just see out nil-nil draws. And mm-hmm. they did it incredibly well against Chelsea. Chelsea played well, um, but Chelsea did what I kind of expected them to do equally. They defended well, yeah. but didn't really ever get going going forward and that kind of feels like it's been the way that things have been since Tuchel has arrived under Frank yes going forward with Gusto looking really good I know that Werner had an interesting and difficult start but the rest of the Chelsea side were scoring goals chipping in with opportunities yeah but defensively not so solid since Tuchel's arrival we've seen a change in that fundamentally a change in that because Mm. we've got a really secure back line who do a really good job now and they are keeping regular clean sheets but going forward they just seem to lack that urgency maybe and the potency that is needed so this game was nil nil and it and it is the reason I was put off captain in Bruno and it's also the reason why I'm kind of still looking at the Chelsea side thinking I don't know who to invest in yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Took the words right out of my mouth in terms of how different the, the contrast in Chelsea under Frank Lampard and the and the Chelsea under Tuchel is 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 phenomenal. So we're so much more reliable at the back. The the amount of chances we're going having going forward is is a lot less. As you say, even even the fact that there's rotation between Callum Hudson Odoi and, and Reese James mm-hmm. is a is a particular headache for, for FPL managers. Um, also, Alonso comes in, and there's there's different rotation assets at, at Chelsea now, which at the beginning of the season was was never even a, a question to ask yourself when, when picking your team. But there's definitely some some assets at Chelsea that are really, really good picks for FBL, especially at their price point, looking at a potential top four team of England this year. Um, there's definitely some potential at the back for, for investment. So I think a lot of FPL managers have kind of taken the safe route into the Chelsea defence at the moment. They've gone for either Mendy, who obviously missed a game when he played Kepa, but has then since come out and said, you know, Mendy is my my first choice, but I do need mm. to have some decent backup options. Or Rudiger, who plays every single week, but doesn't really have any attacking threat. So you are kind of picking those two on the basis of clean sheets. Now, clean sheets yeah. are looking likely. Chelsea are playing very well defensively, as we saw in game week 26 against um, Manchester United. And I suspect we will also see in the second part of this double game week against Liverpool. However, the reality is for us as FPL managers, if you're going to spend the level of budget that you've got to spend on a Chelsea defender, you really do want some upside to that too. And at the beginning of the season... Chilwell was the one, wasn't he? It was like, yes. you know, you could buy into Chilwell. Um, he would return you clean sheets and some attacking threats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and having that attacking threat meant that you were often in the remit of being able to get bonus points or, you know, yeah. you were at least in that question. Whereas yeah. now, Chilwell is no longer guaranteed to even start. In fact, okay. for the majority of games, it's been Alonso instead of him. Yes, Alonso still has some attacking threat. But it feels difficult to invest in him because you just don't know if you might put Chilwell back in, as we saw against Manchester United this week. On the other side, as you've already mentioned, we've got issues with, you know, who's he going to play between Reese James and Callum Hudson-Odoi? There's so many options yeah. um, in those wing-back positions that it does put me off a little bit. Do you think that we are getting to a stage where Tuchel knows his best team yet? Or are we? St- is he still kind of playing around with the defence and therefore it's Rudiger or, or nothing really? I think he's definitely still playing around in terms of his wingbacks. Um, and for me, it's very interesting to say Chilwell was definitely the one to go with at the beginning of the season. Uh, mm. But Alonso is is definitely playing well under, under Tuchel. So um, in terms of, of who to go with, it's trying to... Tr- but justify that that value. So as you say, yeah. going back to Manchester City, like six million for Cancelo. If he doesn't play, it's going to be on the bench. But you know, he could get a clean sheet when he does. Most likely, he's going to be playing pretty much as a left forward most of the time. <laughs> so you know, he's going to be up there. Yeah. Um, whereas, if are you going to rotate the risk for Alonso because Chelsea clean sheets aren't as 
reliable as Manchester City's attacking points aren't reliable as City. So for me, yeah, I, I was a big fan of, of Rudiger when um, mm. Tuchel came in and, and put him straight into the mix because 4.5 million um, or 4.6 now, I think, um, for, a, for a Chelsea centre-back at starting, um, he's getting a lot of pass completion. So in terms of bonus points and a clean sheet, it does put him in, in that sort of ballpark. So yes, attacking-wise, it's, it's a difficult choice for for Chelsea defenders so I am one of those plain Janes that are going straight for um, Rudiger because his mm. his price for, for defence is, is just I think a brilliant brilliant pick yeah I, I agree with you actually and I think you know yes he doesn't have any real upside to him but if you want just clean sheets that Chelsea do look like they're going to keep a lot of those so he does yeah. look like he's going to return defensive points and for me I think the other thing is that for most FPL managers out there who decided to double up on Manchester City, the last thing you want to do is add another rotation risk into your defence because suddenly, you know, we've been saying before that, you know, having Diaz and Cancelo or Stones and Cancelo or Stones and Diaz or however you want to do it, you're adding a risk factor. So there's always an opportunity where one of them misses out. And most Mm -hmm. weeks, one of those three will miss out. That's just how Pep is playing with them at the moment. So if you add Alonso to that mix um, or you add Reese James or Callum Hudson-Odoi to that mix, you're suddenly then in a position where it's like, well, how, how do I justify the fact that I've got all of these guys now sitting on my bench because they yeah. haven't played? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's a challenge. That is that is a real challenge. And then when we kind of can consider what's happening across the rest of the game, we've had a lot of kind of changes. So we're seeing tonight in the game this evening for Manchester United, that De Gea is not in the squad. Not kind of sure what's happened there. Uh, Henderson's playing tonight, so that's one to keep an eye on going forward. But Alex McCarthy was dropped for Southampton. That's a problem leading into game week 27 as well. So we're just starting to see some rotation risks. And, and I think with Chelsea, you've got a really nice safe option in Rudiger. Yes, no real upside, but he's safe. He's going to play every single week. And at a time where Chelsea are solid as a rock defensively, he's probably the best pick for Chelsea for me right now too. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And the, the other side of that is a lot, a lot of people might even be looking at how to counterbalance it. So you might have people go, right, do you know what? If Alonso plays one week, I'll have Alonso and Chilwell just so I counterbalance that. But if that's six million on your bench for, for no returns, it's, it's, it's kind of a wasted pick. So I think that strategy isn't the, isn't the sort of smartest way to guarantee yourself some decent points moving forward either. So talking about benches, this was a particularly big game week for the bench boost and there was a lot of triple captains out there myself included I'll talk about that later but this was a very very big bench boost week Uh, lots of people seeing this as the perfect opportunity to do it mostly because of Leeds so there was a lot of FPL managers that looked at this game week watched Leeds play against Southampton in game week 25 and I sat here last week with Oscar and we spoke about how brilliant Leeds were against Southampton in in their double game week in 25, how good going forward they were, how they were looking like they were the ones because they also play in 29. So they were these hugely good enablers that were going to see you through the long term. But in the short term, they also looked like a really great option. Plus, they had a fixture against Aston Villa, who haven't been so defensively solid without Matty Cash at the back. And we're going to be without Jack Grealish. So you kind of looked at your side and thought, when Aston Villa don't have Grealish, normally that doesn't go that well for them. Mm -hmm. And he's the heartbeat of that team. He's the one that kind of drives everybody else, even if it's just through motivational purposes. He's kind of boosts everybody else. So we all talked about that last week and we talked about how that would make Leeds look like good options to play. So I think there were a lot of FPL managers that looked at their teams with a lot of Leeds assets sitting on the bench and thought, they're bench boostable on a single game week. And then Leeds just didn't turn up. No. They were so disappointing in comparison to, to where they had been before. Um, what do you do with your Leeds assets now, though? Because this twenty uh, game week 26 performance was, yeah, it was very, very disappointing. But they still play in game week 29, which obviously is, is something that for a lot of FPL managers is going to be really, really important. Yeah, you're going to have to keep an eye on that blank game week 29. And, and as I say, Leeds are one of those teams that um, have a nice fixture away to Fulham in that. I think with Leeds, they've, they've been, they had that mentality each game week. We're going to go out and try and score goals. We know we're going to concede. Um, mm-hmm. It's just been the BLs away. It was just so bizarre last week. And, and for me right now, I am treating it as a bit of an anomaly because... They are just so attractive when they have get everything clicking and moving forward. 
Um, Bamford is not getting involved as much. I think we're getting his, his goal involvement, his expected goals is, is slightly decreasing over the, over the last coming weeks. So I can mm. see why people are, are jumping off the Leeds bandwagon, um, but I can also see why people would want to hold them. And for me, um, Rafinha is, is, is a player that has really caught my eye because when Leeds move forward and, and he's on the ball, it, it's, it's breathtaking at times with Rafinha. So I would keep hold of Leeds for the moment. They've got some pretty decent fixtures coming up. Um, they've got West Ham. You never know what's going to come with that one. Um, Chelsea, but then they say Fulham and then Sheffield. So mm. yeah, I definitely have them as part of the squad. Um, and we've already touched upon it with regards to having a bench. You might want to drop them for one week and, and play someone else. So Rafinha at five, not even five and a half million. I think he's, he's worth sort of having in and around your team each week. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, it was a very, very strange performance in Leeds and not what I was expecting at all after game week 25. But equally, you know, I'm looking at the fixtures thinking, well, I have two. I have uh, Stuart Dallas. I have Patrick Bamford as pretty much everybody seems to have Patrick Bamford these days. But, <laughs> you know, I'm not looking for huge returns from them against West Ham, but equally West Ham, do concede goals. So there mm-hmm. is potential there for, for them to do that. Plus, um, these like to go away from home. They're yep. far better away from home than they are at home. Now, I'm not seeing a lot of goals in that Chelsea game. As we've just said, you know, Chelsea mm-hmm. looking solid defensively, but equally Chelsea not scoring a lot of goals. So that might be a week where I do want to play Stuart Dallas and, and mm-hmm. hope for some clean sheet points. So I think, yes, the Leeds players might have let you down in game week 26 um, if you bench boosted. Even if you didn't bench boost, you just played some of your Leeds players this week. They yeah. were disappointing. But I don't think that there's anything to massively panic about. We've seen Leeds be a bit up and down over the course of the season as a whole. So it, it's potentially just one that they ride out. And of course, with game week 29 in mind, you're definitely going to want those guys to stay. Yeah, I think so too. I think what, what team in the Premier League this year hasn't been up and down or had a, a patch of, of not performing? I think mm. um, Leeds haven't had much rotation either. Um, and I think Stuart Dallas sits at number three in terms of the um, top points goals, point scoring defenders. So yeah, I'd really keep all your league's assets for now. It would be a miss of me not to to talk about Spurs in this conversation about again. Oh, I don't know what you mean. Don't know what you mean. I, going into this week, um, or going into the last few weeks, Son had been heavily sold. He yes. was one of those players that there were a lot of FPL managers looking at their teams, thinking, you know, who's underperforming? How do I bring in Leeds assets for game week 25? Son looks really tired. So his move, his there were a lot more movements away from Son up until the deadline for for game week 25 passed mm-hmm. um, that there were to bring him in. And then, of course, going in, looking ahead to game week 26, on paper, Spurs had one of the best set of fixtures that you could have had in this yes. game. Week. And Sun was then on people's priority list again. But his performance in game week 26, for me, was one of the best that I've seen. We spoke just before um, we came on. Uh, about Spurs because of course I speak about them pretty much constantly Um, (laughs) but for me watching Spurs in the Europa League in the last couple of weeks we've seen a much more free-flowing Spurs side a much more kind of gung-ho approach to playing in Europe because he's been playing a different team he's been playing the likes of Bale and and Deli Alley, and he's been just a bit more kind of let's go for it and see what happens let's you know win these games yeah in the Premier League we've seen Spurs just be a little bit more cagey, try and hold games, try to kind of not push on straight away, sit back a bit, wait. A bit more Mourinho. A bit more Mourinho, yeah. But in game week 26, we saw the antipathy of Mourinho. It was like, Mm. you know, go out there and just go for it. And my goodness, did Spurs go for it. I mean, Bale scored on 98 minutes, 98 seconds. It was just a ridiculous, ridiculous start to the game. And I think it enabled the best of Son. And it enabled the best of Kane. Kane was very unlucky. He's my triple captain this week. Yes, Got to the end my of that captain game too. And thought, ow, that stung a bit because mm. really, I mean, right at the end of the game, he lost his bonus point for a shot off target, which had he scored yep. that, that would have been a goal for him and assist for Sonny. And it would have been, life would have been so much better. But I think <laughs> going, into this, they're going into this next game against Fulham, the, the Spurs boys look good now. What interests me is what Spurs do we see? Do we see the Spurs that we saw in the first game of this double game week, a Spurs that go for it? Now, all right, they were coupled up with a Burnley side that suddenly decided they wanted to go for us as well. So counter-attacking yep. on for Spurs. Or do we see Spurs take a bit more of a laid-back approach? Let's field the game out and see what happens. I think Mourinho's learned a lot in the last couple of weeks about his Spurs team and the best 
the best way to get them playing and the best way to yeah. play them is through the attacking players. That's where the best Spurs players are. That is clear and has yeah. been clear for years. So trying to play defensive football doesn't work when your best players are Sun, Bale and Kane. You need mm-hmm. to be playing with their their strengths at mind. Exactly. Let them loose. 100%. Now you own Harry Kane and um, you I just said he's your captain this week. Yes. Anybody else that kind of came out of game week 26 so far for Spurs that you thought, mm-hmm. yeah, they are ones that I definitely need to kind of bring in, think about, because of course Spurs being one of the sides that play in 29-2. Yeah, so we had a chat before recording this and, and we both spoke about Kane and Son and the other one that I think a lot of people are going to be looking at now is Gareth Bale because now he's starting. He looked fantastic at the weekend. Um, it just shows why he's world-class, why he moved to, to Real Madrid and, and why he can still deliver at the, at the highest level. So and why he came um, back to Spurs. Yes. <laughs> why he came back to Spurs. Um, I am definitely looking at Son over Bale um, just because in terms of minutes managed. I yeah, think consistency Bale, starts. Yeah, I think Bale has... How many starts has Bale had this year over, over Son? How many times can Bale go um, two games a week, especially with Europa League? Um, yeah. it, it's going to be a tricky one. And I think I think Spurs will definitely look at Son um, rather than Bale if, if Mourinho is going to be looking at a, a change up front to, to keep things loose. Yeah, and I think, you know, looking at the Spurs team, there is, there's a little core there who are guaranteed to start every week. And as much as I would love to say Gareth Bale is part of that, I think the fact that he hasn't been fit in terms of match fitness anyway he hasn't been injured for a lot of this time but he's just not much he's not match fit the fact that he hasn't been match fit means that he's just not in one of those players that you know week in week out their name is like on the team sheet and if they're available they're going to play there's a little core of them now appearing of course there's Son and Kane up top there's Hoiberg and Ondombele in the middle who are on his team sheet neither of them really FPL assets but they are pretty much now to be there. And then you look at the defence and Regulion seems to be the one that is guaranteed to start. If he's mm-hmm. fit, he yeah. starts him. And he, from an FPL point of view, in almost the polar opposite of what we were saying about Chelsea, offers some great attacking potential. Not always huge, a clean sheet. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah, not potential. always a clean sheet, but the ta- attacking stuff is there. Now, this week, we got both from him. We got the clean yep. sheet. And some attacking returns. I think he is likely to start pretty much every week until the end of the season because Spurs are going to need that. The only chance that he might get rotated potentially around the Europa League if Spurs really need, if he really needs a rest. But he doesn't seem to be one of those players that does. A bit like Kane and Son, unless he asks for one, I think he'll pretty much be on the team sheet. Somebody that you're looking at? Yes, he was definitely one I was looking at for my wild card. Um, just for money elsewhere, I, I decided against it. But Reguilon is certainly, certainly an asset if, from a Spurs point of view. I think the fixtures coming up in terms of the potential. Um, we're looking at points at both ends of the pitch. As you say, he's, mm. he's so influential driving forward. He is he is Tottenham's Chilwell. Um, is he better? Who knows? Um, but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's been great, as you say. Um, brilliant moving forward. Uh, Tottenham, when they can keep it tight at the back, he will get those points as well. So Reguilon, I think, is a fantastic pick. And when you're looking at 5.5 million, you're looking at 6 million for Cancelo, who might play mm. one week, might not. I think Reguilon's a great pick. And I also think, you know, I'm sat here, I've got the Manchester United game on in front of me. As a Luke Shaw owner, I've been delighted to be a Luke Shaw owner. He's been fantastic. Oh, yeah. Offers brilliant the attacking returns and the defensive ones. But the Manchester United fixtures are about to take a turn for the worst. They you know, are particularly indeed. Particularly given that they play Manchester City in, in game week 27, that is definitely not ideal. Um, and now we have just said, of course, that, you know, they can keep clean sheets as they did against Chelsea, as they have been known to do against the other big clubs. But Manchester City going forward are a different beast entirely. So, you know, I'm looking at Luke Shaw thinking, uh, if if he's going to go because he doesn't play in 29, if I'm going to mm-hmm. replace him with, a, with another defender, I want to replace him with another defender that offers the same attacking credibility as he does. Um, and Regulion seems to be one of those players that he certainly showed that in game week 26 so far anyway. Yeah, the other defence that I think is worth talking about at this point is Brighton. Now, Brighton conceded for the second game running. They, up until that point, had been really solid defensively. In fact, it was until mm-hmm. I bought in Ben White and suddenly oh, they decided fault. to have... Yeah, I think I may have broken them. <laughs> um, but they are, they are fascinating to me because actually, you know, they have been dominating games, absolutely dominating it and then just making an odd silly mistake at the back. Mm-hmm. So going forward in the last... Um, four game weeks they have had 76 attempts on goals the most in the league they have had 
50 attempts from inside the box. Again, that is the most in the league. Um, and yet in that time, they have recorded only two goals. Uh, only Sheffield United have, have less that than them oh. now, who had one, although they have scored tonight. So they've actually they have, yes. two. So now they are bottom. They are joint bottom for the number of, of goals that they have scored in that time frame. I think Brighton defensively look, look like a decent option. Lewis Dunk, for me, is one that I am keeping keeping my eyes on um yeah. the clean sheets have been there now okay they haven't they haven't managed to keep them in the last couple of weeks but dunk was really unlucky this weekend to see his equalizer ruled out oh. through var I, I don't think we'll talk about it because my goodness i don't really know what to say about it oh um, oh gosh yeah but we can't it we was can't, a baffling it was a baffling decision to me but had that stood he would likely have been on for a double-digit hole in that game because even without the clean sheet, he would have got the goal. He'd likely have got bonus points as a result of his contributions because over the course of the game week that we'd had until um, the games that we had today, he was third for passing in game week 26 with 78 successful passes. Only Carl Walker and Zinchenko had registered more than him. So he would have been on target for a really, really nice points haul that week had that goal actually stood. So... Whilst Brighton aren't necessarily keeping clean sheets, I do think that they are ones to keep an eye on defensively because, again, they play in game week 29. They have a nice fixture against Newcastle who are likely to still be without players like Callum Wilson and uh, Alan St. Maximan. So in terms of their attacking credibility, that's weakened. Uh, Going into that, of course, they play against Leicester in game week 27. Now, Leicester, as we've seen tonight, don't have the same vavavoom without the likes of Barnes and Madison. Uh, They just look a little bit blunt in attack. Mm. I know Ilanacho scored for them this evening, but nonetheless, I wasn't that impressed by Leicester in game week 26. So there's Mm. potential there for Brighton. And I think, you know, just because they have conceded a couple in the recent game weeks you know you think back to the crystal palace game in game week 25 they only had two shots and they can yeah. score from both of them it was yeah. it was incredibly unlucky that brighton didn't get something from that game i think it's time to turn our attentions to double game week 27 leave double game week 26 behind us although we will of course update if anything happens in palace and manchester united from an fpl point of view uh, so let's start i think by looking at our double game week teams and we've already spent quite a lot of time talking about manchester city so let's start with southampton uh interesting set of fixtures for them obviously they play against manchester city um, yep. very difficult very very difficult game but the first game for them is against sheffield united what do we think about this fixture against Sheffield United? Are we, or should we, as FPL managers, be investing in Southampton? Or should we really be treating this as a single game week for Southampton? Because effectively, they've got a game against Sheffield United and then and maybe one or two point top up against Man City. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit on the fence with, with Southampton at the moment. They're in a really, really bad sort of run of form. Um, obviously, living down in Southampton, a lot of my friends are Southampton fans and you can feel the frustration and the tension from then, obviously, <laughs> catching up with them. So um, I'm sort of erring on the side of caution with Southampton. I did bring in Alex McCarthy um, in yeah. my wild card this week, just with the basis of, I'm going to be bench boosting. So yeah, two games as a, a sub subkeeper is is great. So Sheffield United will be tough. They're gonna they're gonna be sort of buzzing with that result tonight, mm. um, and they're, they're going to be difficult to break down. But are you going to invest lots of money in Southampton? I'm, I'm not too sure because they don't play in 29, and that's going to be a massive factor is whether you're going to bring them in. Uh, and then after that, they've got some they've got some tasty games, but it's whether or not they're actually going to build on anything. I'm if I'm honest, I'm looking at Vestergaard. Um, just because if Saints do get anything moving forward, it's James Ward proud of his free kicks and, and Vestergaard's an absolute man mountain, wins headers left, right and centre. So um, he would be an option. But in terms of seeing it as a Southampton opportunity for double game week, I'm, I'm not seeing the, the, the benefits in it. Yeah, I mean, I did the same as you. I, I've held McCarthy now all season. And at the point where I was going to sell him for Nick Pope, the double game weeks got announced. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I might as well keep McCarthy then because plays a double in 27. So I can bench boost there. That'll be quite nice. I can use then him as my second keeper. Having a double playing keeper off the bench feels really good. But it has put me off playing my bench boost, seeing him sit out the game in game week 26 because suddenly I'm not sure who's going to play for them in game week 27. Now, I didn't think that had the best of games in game week 26 it wasn't like he came in and was excellent um so it'll be interesting to see what Hasselhutten decides to do with McCarthy lots of managers investing in Danny Ings 
They invested in yes. him ahead of game week 25 because, of course, they've already had had a double game week where Danny Ings was potentially the most disappointing asset in game week 25. Yeah. What do we think about Danny Ings? Of course, if you owned him for 25, you've undoubtedly kept him through to this one. So, of course, you yeah. play. Is he captainable? Could you captain Danny Ings this week with the Sheffield United game in mind, thinking, you know, well, that could be if he gets a couple of goals in that... Then could we have, given that they're now going to be without Jagielka because he got sent off this evening. So that's going to be an even more weakened defence for Sheffield United than we've mm-hmm. seen already. Um, and he might get two points for playing against Manchester United or, uh, sorry, against Manchester City. Or is it just a no-go? Is he just one of those players that you can't go with? I just I just think there's better options than captain yeah. Danny Ings. I think he's a great player. He, he delivers last year. He's, he's a fantastic FBO asset. And when he's fit and Southampton are firing all cylinders, he's mm. definitely a, a pick to look for. Um, for me, if you're looking at a transfer in um, around that price range, I think there's just others underneath him um, in yeah. terms of price value that are uh, delivering. Say you've got Bamford, you've got Watkins, you've got Antonio. So all three of those are, are in a lot better form um, and teams are in better form as well. So, is he worth a, a captaincy punt? For me, I'd say no. He could get something against Sheffield, uh, but as you say, it's just the it's just the, the trip to Man City. I can't see I can't see Saints getting anything there. I'm afraid. No, and I also think that unless you've got your free hit chip saved up, you're unlikely to be looking to bring in somebody like Danny Ings, giving you the look ahead towards 29. Because of course, by the time the 27 game goes past, we're then only a couple of game weeks away from the blank game week, and most managers will be trying to use their transfers in the best way possible to shape their teams for for both of these sets of fixtures. Yeah. Of course, for double game week 27, but of course also for blank game week 29, because it's going to be just as important bringing in players for that. Um, in terms of City, then of course we've already talked about um, the City rotation. I only own two Man City players and I think that's how it's going to stay going into this week I think there is definitely scope for players like Kevin De Bruyne who is likely to play in both fixtures Kevin De Bruyne is, what a is man. let's be honest a bit of an FPL legend absolutely um, he is one that I think is is able to avoid the pet roulette he's just yes. one of those players that you, if you've got Kevin De Bruyne as a manager not just as an FPL manager but if you own Kevin De Bruyne in oh, your actual yes. Premier League team you are playing him unless he is broken and cannot 100 percent, 100 and so from an FPL point of view he's worth every penny that you have to pay for him for his avoidance of the pet roulette if nothing else my concerns are, or there's been concerns in the community about the impact that he has on Gundogan. Now, for me, they're unfounded because Gundogan was performing before Kevin De Bruyne was injured. They were playing together. Gundogan was achieving attacking returns in that game. Yes, it might slightly change the way that Gundo plays in terms of his positioning, but it doesn't stop him being a good FPL asset. And I think the double up in of those two looks good because as we said, mentioned already, Gundogan's already sat out a large portion of the second fixture of game week 26. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he'll manage to be part of both fixtures in game week 27 as well. Most managers will look towards a City player for captaincy options this week. Can you go with one of the defenders? Because people will be drawn to the likes of Cancelo and Stones because the defense, the defenses um, offer so much in the way of attack yeah. and you know clean sheet returns as well. Given that what we've said about Manchester United and their ability to defend against the big clubs, yeah, of course. You know, if that game finished nil nil when you captain Diaz and then they get a clean sheet in the next game and he plays, that could be a nice haul. I think you can definitely, yeah, I think if you're going to captain a Man City defender, I, I'd go with Diaz. I think he's he's played 90 minutes every single game apart from game week 24. So if you're looking for a, a Man City asset to, to captain at the back, Diaz is definitely the way to go. As we've, as we've said, you've got Stones, you've got Cancelo who will be in that rotation. Um, like this week, a double game week and Cancelo scores only two points. You don't want to be, don't want to be in that with the captain. But um, yeah, I think Diaz is definitely a good shout. He's definitely up for corners. Uh, he, he's always up for winning the header. But um, yeah, I'll be looking further up the field um, for Man City captains this week. Talk to me about Sterling then. Very disappointing, as we've already mentioned, going into this, this game week that we've just seen. No real returns to speak of. Not for a want of trying, I might add, or for a want oh, of opportunities. Yes. Do we think that Sterling, you know, we've seen changes with Jesus and Aguero across game week 26. So we're back in that problematic approach to bringing in a, a forward. And, and a lot of managers will be struggling with that anyway, owning Harry Kane or whoever up top. Yeah. But in, in the midfield, you know, people will be looking at it going, I've got Foden, I've got Mares, I've got Sterling, I've mm. got Gundogan. Some managers, not many actually, surprisingly, still will have KDB. 
I think if you have KDB, he's a great captaincy option this week. He's going to play both games, you would think. I think he makes the perfect sense. But if you don't, yeah. like most FPL managers, don't own Kevin De Bruyne, who else do you trust to avoid the pet roulette? Nobody. I think <laughs> no one is safe in that Manchester City team. I mean, the main reason I played my wild card this week was to get Kevin De Bruyne in my team. Um, yeah. So I think he's massively influential, can avoid the, the pet roulette and he can sort of take over that sort of Gundogan role now that he's yeah. back. So I can see Gundogan's influence sort of reducing. But I think Mars is definitely a good shout. He's I think he's played four on the bounce now with, with returns. Yeah. He's, he's looking very, very good. Um, Sterling, he's still at that rotation risk. You've now got Jesus and Aguero. You've now got... Um, Bernardo Silva now playing a little bit more. So I don't think anybody is safe at all, but um, Sterling on his day, I don't know how it was in his day in, in the other day, but no, um, I, don't I have no idea how that ball did not cross the line um, at any of the opportunity. But I, I think Sterling is definitely worth a shout. If you're looking to, to roll the dice and be a bit ballsy with your captaincy choice, which sounds crazy playing a, is, is a Manchester City asset a risk in terms of captain, but um, for Pep Roulette, it certainly is. So I think, I think Mares. And, and Sterling are a, a good second choice. Um, but in terms of who to go for, it's, it's that big boy KDB. And I think that leads us into talking about the single game week is then, because there are a lot of people, myself included, who are looking at their city assets. For me, as I've mentioned, it's DS and Gundogan thinking, mm-hmm. you know, DS has just played both of these games. The only game that he's missed recently is when he was ill. So it's unlikely yeah. that he's going to miss any, any through rotation, but you never know with Pep. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I want to, I'm not sure I want to captain a defender simply because we've seen um, over the last couple of game weeks in game week 26 that those clean sheets can disappear if they're yeah. rotating their defence. Gundogan, I would be happy to captain. I have captained him before and it did go yeah. well in the last yeah. double game week, although he missed the second game of that. But then equally, he returned so much in the first game that it wasn't an issue yeah. particularly that he missed out. But I'm looking at some of the other teams that have got single game weeks this week, particularly looking at Spurs versus Palace and also Liverpool versus Fulham and thinking... You know, I do have I do have some big assets from those clubs. I have Salah, uh, I have Kane, I have Son. Yeah. Is it mad that I am sorely tempted to leave my captain's armband with Harry Kane this week? It feels mad because he's not got a double game week where Man City do. But I also think that I will feel more frustrated if I captain Gundogan. Yeah. He plays against Manchester United and then I see him get benched against Southampton when I could have just played Kane against Palace. I don't think you're mad whatsoever. I think when you're looking at Manchester City assets at the moment, the fact that they can be the star man one week and the the, the bench warmer the next, um, it, it's just going to be a, just treated like a single game week for the majority of those players. So I don't think it's mad to look at Kane, to look at Son, um, to look at Salah whatsoever because their fixtures are, are just as tasty. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? You know, for a lot of people bringing in assets this week, Spurs are going to be the perfect storm. They've got a really, really nice fixture against Palace. Okay, game week 28 looks a bit challenging because it's against Arsenal, but equally, those games are high scoring. North yeah. London derbies are often crazy results with it's a lot the of Harry goals. Kane game. Absolutely, it is. Um, and would I be averse to captaining him that week? No, absolutely not. No, so I not think at all. You're, you're looking at the Spurs fixtures and a lot of managers will be looking at them thinking Palace, Arsenal, and then a game against Villa in, in 29. Now, OK, Villa have had a remarkable season. The change in them from nearly getting relegated to where they are now is obscene. They have been oh, brilliant. Hats um, off to Villa. They've had a fantastic, fantastic season. And it, it does go to show what a difference having a really, really good goalkeeper at the back makes you know you Mm -hmm. suddenly put somebody between the sticks who's commanding and plays really well and it has improved the whole team and of course they made some good signings as well Ross Barkley's made a massive difference there but yeah that so that game's not easy for Spurs in 29 but equally they play and at this point you know you're going to be looking to bring in players that play so Spurs are the perfect storm Liverpool on the other hand it's tough to know what to say about Liverpool uh I, as a Salah owner, keep looking at Salah every week. Yeah. I look at him sitting there in my team at 12.6 million. <laughs> my goodness, what I could do with 12.6 million. Liverpool were better. They were better in the first game of game week 26. Mm-hmm. But it was another game without a goal for Salah. Although he did sit third for XG underachievers um, up until I checked that before I came on to do this with you. So before and um, the games on Wednesday evening, he was third for XG underachievers. So mm-hmm. he was doing the right sort of things. 
but just no returns again. How many weeks? I mean, we're not going to take him out ahead of this game against Fulham, is no. the reality. No. And then after that, I think they play Wolves in game week 28. Uh, I will just check that. Before they do I, indeed, yes. They away. do, yeah. So, you know, I don't think you're going to take Salah out there, but those two games for me are make or break for him. If he doesn't mm-hmm. perform against Fulham and Wolves, they don't play in game week 29. I think that'll be time for him to, to make his move. But can you captain yeah. him? Can you captain him in game week 27? Can you captain him? I think you certainly can. I think even though fixtures and the recent form of Liverpool were uh, isn't great in terms of what they're delivering and, and Salah's delivery is, is, is not great at the moment, I definitely no. see an argument for for captain and I mean he's blanked in his last uh, two games nothing sort of double digits since 21 um, so there's definitely a, a, an opportunity for Salah at home to, to Fulham but I just think there's better assets as I say mm. but I, I was one of the people that lost Salah um, in my wild card just to try and get in Kevin De Bruyne I think you're right these next two game weeks are make or break for him I could see if, if Salah doesn't perform in the next two his, his ownership dropping massively I mean it's interesting because actually when you look ahead and you roll the fixture ticker through the end of the season Liverpool have phenomenal fixtures right till the end they mm. sit right pretty at the top of the ticker looking absolutely delightful and you'd want to be invested in Salah I certainly yeah. would but I'm also looking longingly at Kevin De Bruyne thinking I would really really like to own you I don't want to take out Son he's far too important in the way that my team is set out at the moment for game week 29 so he can't go anywhere but Salah isn't regularly performing for that price tag. Plus he's a hell of a lot more money than Sun is. So I think there will be a lot of FPL managers starting to ask questions about Liverpool. Of course, we see them again in in double game week 26 against Chelsea um, on Thursday evening. So seeing what happens in that game, I think will, will change a lot of people's thoughts anyway. I suspect that that won't be high scoring given all the things we've said about Chelsea defence. Oh, of course, yeah. But going into Fulham and then again going into Wolves, there should be returns for for Salah there and if there's not I do think a lot of managers will start to to have their heads turned by other yeah. key FPL assets definitely definitely before I let you go I think it's important that we talk a little bit about West Ham and Leeds now we've already spoken about both of these clubs before but this game is going to be particularly important from an FPL point of view a lot of managers will be heavily invested in these two clubs because they have um, Leeds have already doubled in game week 25 and both of them play in game week 29 I have four for example, a lot of managers yep. will be trebled up on leads, probably have a couple mm. of, of West Ham players. What do we do in a situation like this? Do we just play them all and hope for the best? Do we bench <laughs> a couple of them? Like, is it a case of... So for me, I have Creswell who can easily get attacking returns from defence. So I'm inclined to play him. Yeah. I also have Suchek who, bless his heart, always ends up on my bench doing these things because oh, I just never him. know who else to bench. Uh, and then my Leeds boys are, are Stuart Dallas and, and Bamford. I also think that West Ham have got some good attacking potential here. So maybe Dallas could go on the bench as well, but it's tough. And this is part of the reason why I was going to bench boost this week is that I've got a lot of these players that I think could equally do well. You know, Dallas and Creswell, even if they lose their clean sheets, both have really good attacking potential. So I don't really like benching them for that Mm. reason. So what would you do? How many do you own from this game? So for for now, I only own the one. So because of my wildcard, I now own the one, but I did have five from last week. Um, yeah. So I did have five. I'm now down to one just with my old wildcard strategy, um, which is Rafinha. Um, and I, I think he's, he just looks great going you forward. can play him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So he'll be playing. But um, yeah, I just look at the, the games each week and go, right, what do I think the score will be? And, and looking at West Ham and uh, the Leeds match, I look at it and go, that could be one all. It could be three all. It could be nil nil. Yeah. So it's I normally happy. try and justify it. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. I can't quite put my finger on where it's going to go. Um, so I'd, I'd look at maybe Cresswell over over Sufal, just because Cresswell has such influence moving forward. I know Sufal does have that influence too, but Cresswell on, on free kicks and, and set pieces is, is definitely one to look out for. Um, Dallas, again, he's he's got great potential moving forward and at the back. But yeah, I'd get your attacking assets in. So if you've got Bamford, if you've got um, Lingard, if you've got Antonio, I'd be playing all of them. Excellent. I think that does indeed answer my question. Right then, before I let you go, <laughs> last thing. Who are you going to captain this week? Are you going to, well, I was going to say play it safe with the Man City boy, but I'm not sure that that is the phrase. Are you going to roll the roulette um, and pick a City asset or are you going to go with one of the safe picks from elsewhere? I'm 100% going with the Manchester City asset because wildcarded to bring in Kevin De Bruyne uh, yeah. means he gets my armband probably week in, week out now. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think I would do the same if I owned KDB. I'm really torn this week. I'm really torn between the head, which says, just put it on Gundogan. He's going to play twice because he didn't play in game week, the second part of game week 26. Yeah. And my heart, Your Spurs says, heart. 
which says, just put it on Kane. This is the sort of fixture that he will do really well in. Palace have been terrible defensively, although at 30 minutes gone in the Manchester United game, are still keeping a clean sheet. They've not been great without um, Zahar. Just go with just go with Kane and, and let the let the balls roll and see what happens. So I'm I'm gonna think it'll come down to the wire actually this week as to what I do. I think I'll be looking at the captaincy polls on on Scout website. Very yep. closely, because probably it'll be fear that ends up meaning I don't captain Kane yes. and I put it on Gundogan just simply because, you know, there is there is scope, I think, that he's so heavily captained going into this week or that Manchester City assets are so heavily captained that I'm going to feel like yeah. I need to captain one of them just to keep up. Exactly right. You don't want to be left behind. But as you say, it's just that pep roulette. I think, I think a lot of people will uh, be looking at Kane as well yeah. I, I don't think you're I think there's definitely a, a head decision there with your heart I think uh, Kane's definitely there's a logic. decision pick there's, there's definitely, definitely logic with logic. a Kane pick it's Harry Kane <laughs> he's, a, he's a goal scoring machine so I can well, definitely let's... see him him, him scoring uh, some goals and, and picking up some points but yes it's, it's that debate head and heart who you know who you know oh, who knows well let's see if Harry Kane makes it through the game in double game week 26 first, of course, because first of yes. to play Fulham this week and, and see where we are at the end of game week 26. Right, that's it for this week's Scout the Game Week. David, thank you very much for joining me. It's been a pleasure to talk to you as always. I will be back next week with another Scout the Game Week. I will see you next week, guys.